everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good day, good evening. I don't mind. Whatever time you listen to Your Tech Life, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, episode 350. Um, it feels like a milestone, but it's not really. It's just another show. Um, I've got a lot to get off my chest today. <laughs> um, just topics, ideas, and uh, clarifications, and a um, little bit of editorialising um, ahead. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and the Alcatel brand of mobile phones. You can find them at uh, direct retailers, even your corner store, as well as Big W and places like that. I'll tell you more about them shortly, but a couple of topics I want to crack into tonight, this afternoon this morning, <laughs> whatever it is for you, it doesn't matter at all. Um, and one of them, uh, the first one I, I will uh, give credit to a uh, long-time listener, Rob, who suggested that I sit down and explain the Clinton email saga. Um, lots of people talk about the email drama and the email server, but why? Why is it a drama? Why did she set up a server and could it be happening here in Australia? I mean, that's kind of the gist of what I want to get into. So we'll do that. I want to talk about drones. I have had the pleasure of testing out the Mavic Pro over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's interesting because it's a great product. But I also think it's interesting that we're having massive shipping dramas and delays from that product and others. And I just wonder whether companies are doing things around the wrong way these days. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Apple versus Microsoft. Um, my own views on that. Um, I probably won't spend as much time as that on that as I originally intended because we did spend a fair bit of time on that in Two Blokes Talking Tech. If you haven't heard that, it's available now. Episode 275 was recorded yesterday. And I also want to talk to you, I want to bring you my conversation with founder of the Ring Video Doorbell. Um, he is an interesting human being who had created a great little product, but it's more about, it's more than just the product to him. It's about a whole uh, ecosystem creating safer communities. A very interesting uh, man and a great product. If you haven't seen it, I'll um, the full review of the Ring Video Doorbell is available now at eftm.com.au. But without any further ado, it might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor Long's the world's best techie. So let me freeform this for you. Hillary Clinton is uh, attempting to become the next president of the United States. Uh, she's in a bit of trouble and has been investigated over the use of a private email server. And that's how it's described in the media. Now, the the, the point that uh, Rob made to me when he said, can you just talk about it, um, was to say, well, why is it an issue? Well, why is this even a conversation? And I think it's a valid one. And then 
there's the there's the conversation around how some of the emails have been leaked as well, um, which I talked to Andrew Bolt about this week on Sky News. So let's just go back a bit, and I'm free-forming it here, but what's happened here is she was Secretary of State. You know, it's a pretty important job, right? Really important job in the United States government. And as, a, as the head of a government department, you work at the government department and you, you know, like any other employee, you get a computer and you get emails and you get all those things. Now, I'm surmising, but I'm also summarising, but Hillary really wanted to use her BlackBerry or her device, let's just say. And she couldn't because that was not allowed by the State Department. And I'm tipping that she had vigorous conversations with people saying, why not? What do I need to do? How can we make this happen? Yada, yada, yada. And, you know she didn't like losing that argument because at the State Department, it was not going to happen. And I think probably what happened was someone said, well, you know, if you if you really just want to use that, well, maybe we could just set you up your own email server. And, and she's gone, well, okay, that sounds good. So they have built a computer, which is very easy to do. Anyone almost can do it. You just get a computer, it's connected to the internet, you install the right software on it, it becomes an email server. You create an email address, and I think it was something like clintonemail.com, um, and you associate that email address with that computer so that when everyone sends an email, Hillary at clintonemail.com, it, the internet sends it to that computer, and it sits on that computer ready to be read and marked as read and filed or whatever it might be. And that's great. And then she had staff. They added staff to it and became a bit of a, bit of a beast. It became its own world of email. So people are using this to send emails to each other outside of their official roles in the State Department and, and potentially some of those people didn't work at the State Department. Um, they were just part of Hillary's team, maybe even the campaign team. Now, it's actually not illegal for you to have your own email server. That's completely fine. You, you and I can do that. And it's not illegal for Hillary to have that. But what is problematic for her is if someone from the State Department thinks, well, I've got to send this to her now. She's only going to get it on a BlackBerry. I'll send it to a Clinton email. And it's a secure information. Now, the way government servers work, and anyone that's worked anywhere near government will know, or received emails from government, you get these kind of headers and uh, in the subject, and it tells you whether it's classified or secure or unsecure and all these kind of things. And the, the problem is uh, people were sending potentially some of those emails to her on that server. And so basically the issue people have with Hillary having her own server is, is it not a national security risk for her to be communicating via an unsecured link that could potentially be hacked or tapped or whatever um, and potentially classified information? Now, she argues that nothing classified was ever discussed. She argues that nothing illegal was done. And, you know, the, the FBI's investigated and they found bugger all. Um, but... You know, it's still, it says, well, hang on a minute, how stupid are you that you didn't realize that was not the done thing? So then comes the issue of hacking and someone getting into those emails. And it turns out this bloke, John Pedestra, or whatever his name is, who was, you know, a senior part of her team, <clears throat> received an email that said, um, you know, this is from Google, uh, your account has attempted to be compromised. Um, do you want to like it came from the Ukraine, it happened at this time, click here to change your password. He received that email and went, hang on a minute, really? And he forwarded it to his IT team or his, his manager and the, uh, his assistant. His assistant sent it to the IT team 
The IT team came back and said, that's legitimate. You need to change your email. Here's the link to do it. The problem was all he saw was that's le- that original email is legitimate. And he went back to the original email and clicked the illegitimate link because it was a phishing scam email. And when he clicked that link, instead of the one the IT team provided, he probably put in his Google username and password and immediately the hackers had his username and password. And what they then did was log into Google with his username and password and download every single email he'd ever sent and received. And then that gets leaked to WikiLeaks and the world has a better (laughs) appreciation for everything that goes on in Hillary Clinton's office. It's embarrassing. And it's problematic because, as I said to Andrew Bolt on Sky News on Monday or Tuesday, um, the real issue is that, for example, the IT team, so the person who runs the IT department, their name is now known, and so is is lots of other staff. They could now, the hackers could be sending emails to all those people now purporting to be the people that worked with Hillary, and they're actually just scammers, and it's just a, a trickster hack waiting to happen. They're going to trick people big time. There's going to be more hacks. And this is why you can't run your own server. (laughs) You know, Google doesn't get hacked. Google gets fished and people's accounts get compromised, not hacked. Um, If this had happened at the State Department, I'm tipping that email would never have got through. So the scam phishing email would never have got through filters. And even if they did click on it, their website might have said, no, 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 hang on, don't go here. So there's a bunch of things that government departments put in place that are higher level than any average Joe or even other business. And that's why it's a drama. That's why she shouldn't have her own server. That's why it was insane for her to set it up and it's insane for her to still have it. And that's why she had to shut it down. And that's why... She should be investigated, and and that's why Donald Trump's going on about the fact that there's there's emails we've still not seen. So, can we categorically say nothing classified was ever transmitted? We don't know that. And while ever there's doubt, he kind of wins that argument. So, very interesting, really, very very interesting. And um, look, I've I've said it on the on the interwebs. I thought it'd be hilarious if Trump wins, just because I want to see America react. I'll be honest, if he wins, I don't think it'll make a rats of difference to the world because no one person, despite the fact that they're the president, can actually wield that much power. There's too many checks and balances in place within the White House, let alone within government. He'll be an idiot and he'll make a fool of himself. But here's the here's the, the deep down crazy part. He might also whack a few people into gear. If you've ever worked in government organisations, you know they're slow, lazy, bureaucratic organisations. And sometimes they need a good kick up the ass. So maybe that's what Donald will do if he does win. <clears throat> if Hillary wins, my advice is don't use another email server. That would be stupid. The funny thing is Malcolm Turnbull had the same thing. It was something like turnbull.net.au or something. Uh, he had his own email. And plus he's now using things like Wicker and WhatsApp to have communications. These, and by him having those communications means that those communications can never be stored, tracked, called upon under freedom of information. There's a bunch of reasons why government members are meant to do things a certain way. So it will be very, very interesting to see how this pans out next week. We'll know who the president of the United States is. <clears throat> and um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm watching with interest. And yes, I have money on Donald Trump just because it'd be funny to win money on that and Brexit in the same year. Um, but I don't think the email scam is enough to bring Hillary down. And I think she'll win by nose.
Your Tech Life, be, uh, I'd appreciate your views and your thoughts. Uh, go to uh, Twitter, at Trevor Long is where you can find me, or you go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life, life with Trevor Long. We do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS technology. And the Vivo Fit Junior is now available at Rebel Sport and Rebel Sport Online and Amart Online. The Vivo Fit Junior is $129. It's a wearable just for kids. The Vivo Fit Junior is a stylish, swim-friendly activity tracker that encourages your kids to stay on the move. And don't worry, parents, while your kids have will love the compatible app, it's fun for mobile adventure and they can uh, unlock different activities. But you can control the app to monitor your kids' steps and active minutes and assign chores and even hand out virtual real rewards, all from your mobile device. Um, a personal parental assistant's got a sweet and sturdy design. They can stay on top of their chores they can get extra credit for doing more. It's the perfect solution for parents. The Vivo Fit Junior, available now in uh, three different colours, a uh, beautiful uh, kind of yellow camouflage, uh, a purple, and um, and then a black colour as well. Very, very cool. The Vivo Fit Junior uh, is available at Rebel Sport and Amart Online. Check it out also at garmin.com.au. So... I mentioned the GoPro Karma drone, and I've mentioned the DJI Mavic Pro. Well, in the last week, I've been playing with the Mavic Pro, and I've written my review at EFTM.com today. I spoke about it in detail on Two Blokes Talking Tech. It's the best drone I've ever used, and I think it's the best drone on the market. The challenge for GoPro is head-to-head, they may have a good drone, but I don't believe they have the full system. I think DJI have so much more advanced capabilities that I don't know that the GoPro can even compete with the Mavic Pro. But here's the other challenging issue. Um, The Mavic Pro has been delayed in in shipping. Um, it's, It's not being shipped at the same rate as they had intended. People are waiting for their their Mavic Pro. Um, But I've seen some deliveries, so they're clearly getting deliveries out there. Um, The challenge for GoPro, my information, and I need to dig deeper into this, is that they may not ship a single GoPro Karma this year. And that's embarrassing for a product that was meant to be out a long time ago, weeks ago. It now may not ship until next year. And I think that's a worry. I think that's a real problem for them. So it will be interesting to see what happens here. But I think that one of the reasons GoPro might be delayed is because they realize they're way behind in capabilities. Way behind. Um, They probably realize that building a drone isn't as easy as it might have thought. Uh, and I think that they are struggling to understand where they sit in the market. I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm not really quite sure how to make it work. I think that the other challenge I have is how on earth is it possible that DJI and GoPro, two massive companies, could get to the point of not being able to ship a product? I mean, it's like they're a Kickstarter program. Kickstarter products, you know, they get all your money and then they make a few and they slowly ship them. DJI is a big company. They should just be bloody building them and shipping them. 
but it it's not it doesn't seem that they have actually had preparations in place to build these things on mass it's very very interesting so while there are some people who appear to be getting their mavic pros at very very um slow rates it seems the delays are extraordinary for a lot of people and i'm not sure that's a good thing for either company gopro or dji but when it comes down to it if you're prepared to wait and you're worrying about you're wondering about these two drones there's nothing that the gopro could do when i fly it that would make me think it's a better drone than the dji mavic pro um, i've put some photos up in my full review at uh, eftm.com.au you can check that out and um, I'd love to, love to know your thoughts. What do you think is the situation with these drones? Are they, I mean, why is it that a product can be announced but then not ready to ship? That just Does that not just make no sense at all? It's a very strange thing. Very, very strange. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess. And I know there's people listening right now that have ordered them and, and are wondering that where their product is. So if you're one of those people, let me know. Um, EFTM.com.au. Uh, let's get cracking. Good all thanks to good people at Alcatel. And Alcatel recently announced the Boost DEX, available through Boost Mobile exclusively. Um, this is a $99 smartphone. Premium design, great look and feel, beautiful 5-inch color display, quad-core processor, two bonus colored back covers, 4 gig of internal memory. It's a 4G mobile phone, $99. So if you're just looking for a, a, new, a replacement phone, um, Boost Mobile is the place to go. They've now got that 7 gigabytes of data on a $30 recharge. Uh, a sensational deal for those who use weekend data because 4 gig of that 7 is on weekends. But you can also get the uh, Alcatel DEX, the Boost DEX, for $99 um, from Alcatel. Um, it's an exclusive phone to Boost Mobile customers. And well worth a look if you're in the market for a smartphone. Uh, check it out and their details. Just go to Alcatel's website. Just search Alcatel, A-L-C-A-T-E-L. So again, I spend a bit of time on this with uh, Stephen Fennick, but isn't it interesting where Apple and Microsoft are going right now? Um, were you not blown away by the quality of the Microsoft product that was announced uh, just a week ago? It was amazing. And it really um, showed that they are taking seriously design and the importance of design with a technology product. And this is something that Apple's been doing for a very long time. And frankly, no one's been able to copy that. While it's an obvious thing, it's just strange that people haven't copied Apple's um, essence of design and, and philosophy on design, where design comes first. But the question is, has Apple made a monumental mistake by announcing the MacBook Pro as this beautiful slimline thing with USB-C ports and a headphone jack? no HDMI, there's no SD card, they've got rid of the MagSafe um, charger. There's a bunch of backward steps that are, that are seen by Apple as just moving forward, but I just wonder whether they are annoying people at the same time. And the challenge for, for Apple is they're confident about their product and they do make sensational products. But are they making a product that is strong enough to compete if Microsoft continue down their path, this is not going to be hap They're not going to win or lose any war in the next 12 months. But in the next 24, 
Microsoft feel like they have some ascendancy. And I think that's the that's the interesting one. Microsoft feel like they have some ascendancy, and that means that they can take advantage of that and, and continue to make big name products and get headlines over their design. Interesting. Very interesting times ahead. I'd be interested to know your views uh, on both the Microsoft and Apple products. What do you think of the Touch Bar on the MacBook Pro? Do you think it's a, a useful addition, or will you just buy the 13-inch Basic without the Touch Bar? It's probably where I'd go because I like the the thinner but still powerful computer, and I don't really need the touch bar. But then again, I've been living a little bit in the Windows ecosystem of late, so I'm not that fussed. be very interesting to see how this goes. Um, and as I said, I don't know that we're going to see any radical shift in, in sales numbers or strategy. Most likely, <clears throat> Apple, sorry, Microsoft's new Surface Studio, which is a huge 28-inch uh, design-based uh, product, will take away from iMac sales, but they're, they're already on a kind of decline anyway because they're at end of life with the current product. So the question really is, when the heck is Apple going to announce the new iMac? That has to be their flagship computing product outside of um, the MacBook Pro, which they've only just updated. So I think there's a bit of work to do. I'm not entirely sure whether Apple realise how strong a challenger Microsoft is, and I hope they're not so cocky that they think that they, they can't be beaten, because they can. I look at that Surface Studio and think, oh, I want one. <laughs> it looks great. It looks like a really good product, and I think I could live with it very much so. So I'd be interested in your views. Interested in your views on anything we talk about here, anything that happens in tech, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Go to uh, Twitter, at Trevor Long. Go to Facebook, just search for Trevor Long or go trevorlong.com. And every single night of the week, uh, weekdays, uh, Monday to Friday, you can hear me on TUE Talking Lifestyle, uh, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. talkinglifestyle.com.au is the website. If you're in Sydney, excuse me, if you're in Sydney, 9.54 a.m. And uh, appreciate you tuning in and, and having a listen. We, uh, we cover a lot of ground on uh, on talking technology and uh, all the um, all the information all the interviews we do there are also available uh, to podcast just search for talking technology um, after this sting I want to jo- join with you um, a man who invented a stunning product the ring video doorbell if you haven't seen my review go to the website eftm.com.au um, have a look at the review and then have a listen to Jamie from Ring, who invented the Ring and made what is a cracking great product. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Well, if there's one gadget that captured the attention of a large number of people in the last few months, it's this one, the Ring Video Doorbell. Now, I first saw this at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. Loved the idea. However, it wasn't available in Australia until now. The idea is very simple. Record video when motion is detected at your door and an alert via your smartphone when motion is detected and, most importantly, when someone rings your doorbell, you get that alert on your smartphone. But the mind-blowing feature is that from your smartphone, anywhere in your home or anywhere in the world, you can see who's at your door and have a conversation with them too. To find out more about this great little gadget and just what's next for our connected doorbell and our connected home founder of Ring Video Doorbell, Jamie Simonoff joins me on the line. G'day, Jamie. G'day, and thank you for having me. Mate, uh, a pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. How long ago did you come up with the idea for the video doorbell? It was back in 2011. I was working in my garage, and I couldn't hear the doorbell. I tried to go out and buy one of those cheap uh, wireless doorbells at the home store, 
and it wouldn't reach into my garage. Mm-hmm. So I just built my own Wi-Fi doorbell. Uh, and my wife was actually the one who said it was the most amazing thing I ever built. <laughs> and so the idea then was just to have a doorbell that was remotely accessible. How, the the idea has obviously evolved quite a lot until it became public with the whole motion detection, the uh, the video. How long was that process? So, you know, it was actually pretty quick from when when I kind of was building it for myself and then my wife was saying the reason she liked it was because when she was home alone, she could talk to people through it and felt more secure. And then when we started like sort of talking to other people about it, when I actually became a product, it was really quick that we saw that people that it really was a security device, not a security device sort of looking like a doorbell or acting like a doorbell not really a doorbell and that's when we really put the motion detection in it and everything else so it's been like really early on we, we we saw how important it could be as a security device and started building in that direction so what do you see is the real key benefits of having a high-tech doorbell is it the security aspect would be the number one thing and it really all those other cool things are just cool things to have yeah i mean our mission as a company is to reduce crime in neighborhoods and so from our side the number one thing is really that this device delivers presence back into neighborhoods and that lowers crime in the neighborhoods that it's in so from our side that's really the number one goal um and i think for people that's really is you know one of the one of the main reasons they buy it is is it allows them to monitor their home uh from anywhere now there's lots of great things like when your kids come home from school you can see them on the motion detection goes off uh, talking to people with packages. So there's there's lots of great convenient hmm. features with it. But I think, yeah, I think the security is really the reason that people buy it. And so have you got research or have you just had indicative uh, or anecdotal uh, responses from owners of the Ring Video Doorbell about that, that security aspect, you know, seeing the deterrent that, uh, you know, having a conversation with someone who may be, you know, scoping out your joint. Have, have you seen that happen? So just, just last week, we ended up arresting two people off of uh, footage directly from the Ring video doorbell. That wow. would not have happened on a normal security camera. Um, we also did a big study with the Los Angeles Police Department where we did a community that didn't have any Ring doorbells at the time, hmm. uh, did a six-month study on it. And we were able to, by putting 10% of the homes with Ring, we were able to reduce crime in that community by 55%. Wow. So what yeah. what is happening? Is is it because uh, criminals are, are scoping joints out, coming to the door, ringing doorbells? They're not home, so they come in, or is it the? De- I mean, it's, it's a staggering statistic. That's, that's you know, it's really that's exactly what it is. The they criminals are robbing empty houses and empty sort of areas of neighborhoods, and so by bringing that presence back in, you know, we were we're sort of now both you know both the spouses are working, people are out of their homes more. Yep. Homes are emptier during the day. By bringing that presence back to the neighborhood, you know, no one wants to rob an area that there's lots of people in. And so they don't know if you're home, if you're away, if you're watching them. And so it just kind of pushes people out, which is, for us, that's a win. And you've expanded the range. Obviously, now you've got other, not just the doorbell, but like uh, companion devices, companion cameras that you can literally have around the home. So you're creating a full 360 security solution for the home. Correct. So, so you have the ring of security around your front door, which is the doorbell, and the ring of security around your home, which is what we call our stick-up camera. Right. Easy to install, battery-operated uh, camera. Now, I mean, obviously home security became the bigger part of the ecosystem. Well, I mean, what's next? Because you've, you've got the home covered now. Uh, how how is it? How hard is it for you as a, as a founder of a company to continue to innovate when you've already created this awesome thing? 
So, you know, our, our business is around reducing crime in neighborhoods. It's not just about making product. And so we're now getting all this data in and we're able to use that data to actually make neighborhoods even safer. Uh, we have a ton of products, though, still that we want to come out with and that mm. I've kind of invented for the next couple of years that we'll be coming out with. So there's no shortage of ideas over here. Now, two key issues I've found from a lot of people who've seen the product or, or you know, loved what I've spoken about it. And they then they see the price and they go, OK, two ninety nine is a lot for a doorbell. H- how do you convince someone um, that, you know, two ninety nine in Australia is a good investment for a doorbell? I think I think it's taking it outside of the doorbell. So it's mm. not that convenient thing. It's not about just sitting on your couch and being able to answer the door for two ninety nine. It's about you know being able to answer it when someone's looking at your house to see if they want to rob it. It's about bringing safety back into the neighborhood. It's about watching your kids coming in and out and sort of being able to be always home. And I think when you do that compared to other systems, it actually becomes very cheap. And the second issue was, and I hadn't even thought of this, but someone said, well, how, what's stopping someone just, you know, walking away with your doorbell? And my first reaction to that was, well, hey, it's secured in. But secondly, I've got a video of the person that nicks it if they do. So, and we're, we're actually, honestly, we're kind of happy if someone does it because we do get the videos of that. Mm. We ensure it so that if someone does rob your doorbell, your ring, uh, we will give you another one free of charge. So wow. we, we ensure it on there. And in some ways, we're, we're almost... We're okay if they do it because we're there to cash them and to make your neighborhood safer. And so we're <laughs> fine with it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make that neighborhood safer. Uh, it, is, it is a great little product. What took it so long to come to Australia? What is the process for a, you as a, a U.S. company to get distribution in Australia? You know, what really is is focus. When you're a small company, it really is hard to be able to focus on so many different things. And, you know, we, we definitely always had a global mindset but just didn't have the resources internally to do it. And so we finally now are big enough where we can have, you know, the people to support mm. uh, another country and other countries. And that's, that's really what makes it hard to go international is having all those resources to support all these different places. Cause each place really does have its own sort of way of doing things. And how's the response been here in Australia? Yeah, so far, I mean, it's, it's above any of our projections. Uh, really exciting. And, um, you know, we're really sort of, you know, the demographics and what's happening in Australia seems to be exactly like what's happening in the U.S. And so the product is working the same way there, which is which is just great. And it's been amazing to see and uh, a really fun place for us to do business so far. And can we expect new things from you at CES in January? Oh, absolutely. I think we have one of our biggest products ever coming out in January there. So I hope to, I hope to see you there and personally show it to you. You're a terrible tease, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It is a fantastic product, the Ring Video Doorbell, uh, and it is available now in Australia, JB Hi-Fi and online at ring.com, $299, and very easy to set up. And to be honest, Jamie, I think even though it is a very serious product, the fun of the recorded videos are great for, for barbecues and dinners where you show people the videos. I mean, my, my two favorites are couriers that I had a conversation with saying I was upstairs with the kids when I was actually at the, the local zoo. And the other one is just my kids. The very first time they pressed the doorbell, I was actually in a cab. Uh, they pressed the doorbell. I've got this video on my website and they ring the doorbell and then I go, Oi, what are you doing? And the look on their face is priceless. That's that 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 is priceless, and uh, and that's that's why two ninety nine is a good price. <laughs> oh, well said, well said, Jamie Simonoff, uh, founder of the Ring Video Doorbell. Thank you for your time, mate. Hey, thanks so much. Hope to see you at CES. What an interesting fellow, and um, you got to hand it to people who have the courage of their convictions to actually back their ideas and 
create them and make a product out of them. And, and interesting also to hear why it takes so long to come to Australia. And I think it's good to hear that you've got to, ha- you can't just ship a product. You've got to have the local support. You've got to have the, the local base to make a product like that work. So the ring video doorbell, my full review is at eftm.com.au. Um, appreciate your, your views and feedback on that one. Uh, your tech life is the name of the show. Thank you for your company. We'll be back again next week. Episode 351. All thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin satellite navigation, GPS technology, and of course the Alcatel range of mobile phones and uh, the EFTM Best Awards have arrived. They are sitting next to me here in the studio. I'm going to open them all up, check they all look great, and uh, we might start announcing them today. The EFTM Best Awards for 2016 are going to be huge. We've got lots of great awards to give away to some great products, and um, stay tuned to the website eftm.com.au for that. And, of course, you can um, you can uh, like us on Facebook. This is the easiest way to keep up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, EFTM online is the Facebook name, but you can just search for EFTM on Facebook. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, Just search for Trevor Long and hit like, and I will keep in touch with you there on Twitter and everywhere. And until the next time I download into your eardrums, talk to you then. This is Your Tech Life, and uh, we thank you for your company. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.